Podcast listeners, a greeting, a warm hello from Mozambique, where it's overcast and uh, the strange weather that everybody's experiencing around the world is being experienced here as well, strangely. I'm told that this is uh, when it's normally, what, 35, 40 degrees Celsius, which uh, translates into motherfucking hot in Fahrenheit. Uh, But it's been cool, uh, a little overcast. I've been here, as most of you know, or some of you know. If you follow me on Twitter uh, or Instagram, you've seen some of the photos I've put up uh, from Mozambique. It's my first time here. Casilda, my wife, uh, was born here and lived here till she was about 13. And uh, when war struck and she fled to Portugal, sort of a war refugee. Um, some You've probably heard the story. I think I've told the story on the podcast before of how she went to Portugal, uh, the the uh, the victors in the war, which was essentially a war to expel the Portuguese colonialists um, in the mid-70s, came into office and said, okay, if you want to leave the country, you've got 24 hours to leave and you can take 20 kilos. So that's when she uh, hit the road. Her parents put her on a plane to Portugal. Anyway, uh, she loves this country and we've been together 14 years. So for 14 years, I've been hearing about the amazing papayas, the amazing seafood, the amazing people. And I'm happy to say after a week here that she's right about all of those things. It's a wonderful place. It's known as the Brazil of Africa, and I can understand why. It's not that I know Africa well. This is my first time in uh, any part of Africa other than Morocco. But it seems to be a a place full of uh, happiness and fresh fruit and uh, good seafood and music and people dancing and having a good time. Now, of course, my vision of this has been very skewed by the fact that I've been attending uh, an extended wedding celebration here. Casilda's daughter, Joanna is marrying a guy who I'm about to interview. Uh, I'll introduce him to you in just a second. And, uh, so we've been having sort of a semi-traditional African wedding celebration, which went officially for three days and, uh, three days, three long days of parties and speeches and, uh, lots of food. And uh, so anyway, that's been my my uh, my window into Mozambique in life, admittedly, probably not the most anthropologically accurate, but uh, it's been a good time. And we're going uh, this weekend, we're going to go to Kruger Park in South Africa, where I'll get a little bit of that sort of typical tourist experience, see some rhinos and elephants and so on. And uh, then we're going to go up the coast to a place called Shashai, I believe. Um, So I'll get to see, uh, get out of the city. We're in Maputo now, which is the capital. And uh, okay, so sponsorship. 
Sure Design t-shirts. I'm wearing, right now I'm wearing a Duncan Trussell Family Hour hoodie. Uh, Duncan gave me a few shirts last time I was hanging out at his place. As always, you know, listen to Duncan Trussell. He knows how to sell these shirts way better than I do. Everything he says is true. Uh, the Thai pubic hair, the intergalactic. Uh, I think the last one I listened to, I just listened to uh, Duncan's episode with Dan Harmon, uh, which he just recorded a couple weeks ago. As some of you may know, I was on Dan's show, uh, his live taping of... Harmontown a couple of weeks ago, so I've gotten to know Dan a little bit. I was listening to Duncan's very funny, very, you know, Duncan is simultaneously profound and hilarious, which is a tough trick to pull off, but he does it week after week. Uh, anyway, he was saying something about you put on a sure design t-shirt and every one of your pores has an orgasm and spews forth multicolored cosmic jism. And I mean, I can't do it justice. So listen to Duncan. He'll tell you why you should buy sure design t-shirts. Honestly, doesn't matter. You can buy them from my site. You can buy them from Duncan's site. You can go straight to sure design t-shirts.com, buy them from them. If you enter tangent, T-A-N-G-E-N-T, you'll get 10% off. If you enter Duncan Trussell, you'll get 10% off. Probably if you just go to their site and say, hey, I can't remember the code, but uh, I listened to Duncan and Chris, you'll get 10% off. Bennett Bennett will know who you are. So I've got uh, two designs on my site, the Sex at Dawn shirt, which is based on one of the naked reader photos that we got, one of many, and a beautiful mandala designed by Levi Greenacres. You can see more of his work at levigreenacres.com. He's an illustrator, bookmaker, tattoo artist. Uh, word has it, he's a great cook as well, though I haven't tasted his, his funky beans yet, but when we get to Portland, I hope to. And what's the other one? Oh, the new ones, the, um, tangentially speaking shirts. Uh, we've got shirts, hoodies, and so on. So go to chrisryanphd.com. Go to Tangentially Speaking, you'll see the store. Uh, the other thing you'll see is a bonobo and his balls. If you click on his balls, that'll take you to Amazon. And anything you buy at Amazon, we get a cut. So that's a, a great way of uh, supporting the podcast. If you uh, want to support us, that's a cool way to do it. If you're going to buy something at Amazon and you don't have any extra cash to send our way, we appreciate that. While we're talking about this kind of stuff, um, I wanted to shout out a couple of people who, who wrote in this week. Uh, not everybody. I get email, lots of lots of wonderful emails from folks, some of whom probably don't want to hear their names mentioned on the podcast. Understandably, I get some very intimate emails from people, which is... Um, which is simultaneously very gratifying that people trust me to tell me these uh, these deep, dark secrets. Sometimes not dark, but always deep. Um, but it's also a little uh, frustrating because I don't know what to tell people. I'm I'm not much of an advice giver. So, um, you know, what I do find, though, is that uh, the answer to your question is often contained in the identity of the people you turn to for help. You know what I'm saying? So if you're writing to me or Dan Savage asking what you should do, then you kind of already know what you should do because you're asking me, right? If you were asking your priest, then that might be a different thing. Or you're asking your mother that she's going to give you different advice than I would probably. So think about who it is that you're 
motivated to reach out to. And therein probably lies the wisdom you're looking for. Uh, anyway, uh, Thomas, Thomas Moreau, he uh, wrote a really uh, cool email. He drives a FedEx truck out of Moab, and he uh, drives through the desert a lot um, and listens to the podcast. And I just thought it was really cool to think of him cruising through the desert and funny funnily enough the same day his email came in i got an email from someone in finland saying that she listens to the podcast and it keeps her awake as she commutes to work through the you know endless finnish dark winter so we got the two extremes there we got a guy driving a truck through hot utah desert and uh, a woman in finland you know through freezing cold endless night uh, both of whom uh, somehow my voice is reaching, which I still find bloody amazing. It's incredible. Um, anyway, thanks, Thomas, for your email. Uh, got a, a donation from Jess Moore. Thank you very much, Jess Moore in Ohio, another dark, cold place at the moment. And also wanted to um, shout, give a shout out to Joseph Foti for your donation. Thank you very much, sir. Uh and last but certainly not least, Nolan Stokes. Uh, I've been, Nolan and I have been corresponding for a while by email. Uh, had a very nice, having a very nice conversation. He told me uh, a wonderful story about how um, he and his son, who's, I don't remember how old, eight, 12, 12, his son's 12, uh, had a really cool conversation that sort of started around talking about prehistory and human evolution and all this kind of stuff. So it's really gratifying to see this sort of uh, intergenerational conversation happening based on this information. Anyway, Nolan made an extremely, extremely generous um, donation to the podcast. And uh, thank you very much. Um, but, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how much you, you donate. It's, it's uh, all equally gratifying and, and, frankly, quite moving that people take time and, and throw in whatever they can afford into the tip jar. I really appreciate it because I'm just doing this because I enjoy it and I, I need an excuse to talk to interesting people. Uh, who else? Uh, what was the other? Oh, uh, SF Bags. Right. SF Bags. For your whatever, your they've got like just really cool bags for, you know, to take shopping. You want a bag so you're not using plastic bags. Keep it in the back of the car. They've got those. Pricey, you know, 150 bucks or something. But it's the kind of thing you'll be using for the rest of your life. I got a shoulder bag, a computer shoulder bag I gave to my brother-in-law a couple of years ago. I saw it last week. It looks like the day I bought it. The, their materials are incredible. The designs are beautiful. Fantastic stuff. So check them out, sfbags.com. If you just say Chris Ryan, I listen to the Chris Ryan podcast, tangentially speaking, I'm pretty sure there's a discount in there for you. I don't know what it is. I've been on the road and we haven't worked out the details, but I'm just sort of throwing out these announcements um, on spec and uh, eventually we'll work out the details. So if you want to order something before Christmas, uh, make sure in the note you say, I was sent here by the uh, Tangentially Speaking podcast and they'll probably give you five or 10% off. I'll, I'll uh, write to them after I record this and we'll figure that out for the next one. Okay. This week I'm going to do, we're just going to do a, a more or less live podcast. We're going to record this 
and I'm going to put it up and then we're going to go have a coffee. So uh, excuse me if it's a little rough around the edges, but um, I figure the immediacy of it will make up for that. Uh, I've been hanging out with uh, Ugo Shishava, who my stepdaughter has just married. And uh, he's a very interesting guy. And I thought it might be fun to interview him, introduce him to you, and sort of uh, send you a dispatch from out here on the road. Since so many of these... uh, Recordings I record when I'm traveling around, when I'm in New York or whatever, I'm, and then they sit in the can for three, four, or five months before I get a chance to put them up. So I thought, uh, let's do something more immediate. So it's sort of a Saturday Night Live type thing here. All right. All right, cool. Welcome, Ugo Shishava. Hello, hello, hello. Did I pronounce that right? Shishava? Chichava? Yeah, it's Shishava in Portuguese, and in English, in English like some people will say it's like Chichava. Chichava. Because it's spelled. Chichava. (laughs) Are you from Japan? No, no, no. (laughs) You don't look Japanese. Uh, Anyways. (laughs) So uh, you and I just met like a week ago. Yeah. Today's Monday? Yeah, today's 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 Tuesday. Tuesday, But it's kind of weird that like I'm meeting my wife's like um, mom and stepdad like a week before I marry her. So it's like. If you guys like didn't like me, then we'd be how, screwed. How, yeah, yeah, you guys would be screwed. Yeah, and I, you know, since I don't speak Portuguese, I didn't even understand the <laughs> part where they said if anyone's got a problem with this, you know, it's like, could you do all that in English, please? Yeah, because that did happen, um, but like there was just silence. Th- thank, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'd love to see that happen. Like somebody actually, you know, like not in a movie in real life. Yeah. Saying, real life. yeah That's never what? happened. Yeah. I would love to be at a wedding where that actually happens. Yeah. Like, where do you go from there? Exactly. What happens? Do, do you, is there like a committee that listens to the complaint? Or do and they just decides? come and beat you up? Or Exactly. Like a couple bouncers just come and <laughs> remove you, pull you out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, well, that's not a problem. Uh, Casilda and I both uh, are very happy to see Joanna. Yeah, and I mean, and it's great meeting you because Joanna talks like she she puts me on all of your podcasts. I mean, the book and um, I mean, it's to meet you like in person, you know, and I have a lot of friends that are like, yeah, I listen to his podcast. And it's like, whoa, wait, I've seen this book. I read the book too, and it's like, yeah, it's Christopher Ryan. He's, um, you know, at the time my fiance, not my wife, um, stepfather. They're like, no way. It's like, <laughs> and now actually, I'm actually here, like having an interview with you. Yeah, yeah it's pretty weird. I mean, it, it's weird for me to be in, in Mozambique, South Africa, and meet people at your wedding who say, oh, yeah, I listened to your podcast. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of used to the book, like having gone out into the world and it has its own life. And, you know, I'll sometimes see someone reading it on a bus or on an airplane or in the airport or something, which is really cool, you know, or like that photo of Sting in Rolling Stone reading our book. Like, holy shit, that's that's great. Um, But the podcast still, I don't know why, but the podcast still surprises me a lot more. I mean, because it's newer or, you know, it doesn't, it's not discussed in major media, you know? So the only way it really gets out is word of mouth, I guess, you know, it's a different kind of, which is great, which is, yeah, uh, no, it's, it's fantastic. It's amazing. I, 
I, you know, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts because I don't commute. You know, I'm not like the guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard I was talking yeah. about the guy yeah. driving the FedEx truck. Yeah. I mean, that's a cool thing. You could just listen to music all the time, all the time but yeah. it's the same songs. Yeah. Um, so it's cool to learn something and join conversations. Um, yeah, my life isn't organized that way right now, mm-hmm. but it's great that a lot of people have time for this. Yeah. And, and no, interest. definitely. Uh, people running, like I usually listen to podcasts when I'm either running treadmill or um, in the car driving. And, yeah, see, you know. I don't work out either. <laughs> <laughs> I got to do something. I got to change you gotta my do life, something, right? Yeah. yeah. No, but it's, yeah. It's, uh, it's becoming more and more like um, a way of, you know, people um, actually getting something fresh in their minds, uh, no matter what podcast you're listening to or whether if it's a comedy show to like, um, a new show, anything like that, um, that's more in depth. Um, it's just you getting fresh information all the time, no matter what it is that you're doing. You know? Yeah. And I think one of the things that people respond to, uh, and this is something Joe Rogan pointed out to me is the, the unfiltered nature of it, you know, like Unless one of us says something really awkward and weird, I'm not going to edit this, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, that it would, and that happens about as often as the guy at the wedding saying he's got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you know, very rarely would I ever edit anything unless it, it would put someone in some legal jeopardy, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and, and with Rogan, you know, he said when they first started doing it, uh, they intended to sort of have an hour format. But then some of the conversations were really great and he ran over and then he noticed like nobody gave a shit. And now he does three, three and a half hour podcasts. Don't worry, I'm not going to do that to you. But (laughs) but he does these three and a half hour podcasts and he's got like close to a million downloads a week. You know, people have time. It's amazing and interest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so. What what the hell was I going to say? So you you are one of these guys. You're what, 26? 26. Yeah. So. So what are you? What do they call it? Are you like millennial? Is that what I, I you know, all these generational labels, yeah. I never really got straight on what yeah, the hell they neither. all were. Me neither, to be honest. The like, whole concept of a generation yeah, is kind of bullshit. Yeah, I, I you know what I mean? Like, where does it, where does it start? Where does, where does it end? Exactly. You know, like, and it's, um, okay, I get the idea that it's more or less 20 years, because, yeah. like, that's when, you know, you start, at, and the next generation starts yeah. having babies, or at least yeah. potentially could. But which twenty years? We're not like, like lemmings that exactly. you know only mate seasonally yeah. or something. Where, where's, where's, where do you draw the line? Where, what, you know, yeah. when do you put one generation in one box and the other generation in the other pile? Like, yeah, I mean, it all started after World War Two, I think, right? Because there were the baby boom was when all these dudes came back from the war. Yeah, and they're like. Let's get fucking, you know, (laughs) and having babies. (laughs) I've had enough war. It's time for fucking and babies. So that happened. And that was the baby boomer generation. Right. Now, I wonder if people even thought in terms of generations like in the 30s where people like, oh, you're the depression generation. (laughs) You know, you're the jazz generation. I, I think that this is probably a very recent way to think. Yeah. No, No, it's true. Yeah, recently, kind of more and more recently, we're starting to think like that. But now, do people? Yeah. Do you know? Do like Mozambicans think that way? Um, Other generational things? Yeah. Well, not hundred percent sure. But if I look at it this way, whereas um, a lot of friends that I grew up with, um, up to where we are now, it's what's happening in our lives is similar. Um, 
done with college, right? Um, either getting married or a colleague of mine is either a father or a mother, and you know, trying to move out of the parents' place because they're done with college and they've got their first job, you know, right? Um, so we're all in that pile right now, like, yeah, um, moving through the moving the through while. Um, you know, the the generation of my uncles and my uncles are like in their forties, early forties. It's like have three kids on their third or fourth job or their entrepreneurs or CEOs and you know, taking life one step at a time, you know. That's um but, my uncles are all entrepreneurs or CEOs, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> hopefully that will happen to me. You know, like Ugo, well, I, have... I should have mentioned Hugo's <laughs> from like sort of upper crust Mozambican society. He's, <laughs> he's not uh you know a hunter gatherer. I'm not a hunter gatherer. Yeah. Like there there are buildings here and there and, and cars. <laughs> and electrical cars. We had an electrical car yeah. like driving us around um you know, it was our wedding car. Yeah. Well, it wasn't an electrical car. car. It was half electrical. It was a hybrid. A hybrid, yeah. yeah, yeah. A Mercedes. A Mercedes, which, which was awesome. Very nice. Because we were flying in that thing, but inside it felt like we were going at like, you know, 40 you know, kilometers per hour, you know, which is yeah nothing. Very smooth. Yeah, it very came smooth. with a driver and everything. Came with a driver. And oh, that driver's amazing, by the way. Yeah. Like, he wasn't one of those drivers that just kept quiet and like... Oh, he was chatting? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. It didn't have like the, the, the window that nah. comes up and down. Yeah, I wish. I wish. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So uh, the whole point about the generational blah, 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 you and I were talking the other day about guys your age, um, like, don't even think in terms of getting a job, like a career job. You're you've got yeah. your your fingers in different pies. You're what are you doing? You're yeah. a rapper. I mean, you're I'm wow. I mean, I God, my, my stepdaughter married a rapper. What yeah, the rapper. hell what were is you going thinking? on, man? I mean, what was she said thinking? something what was she when thinking? I had a chance. <laughs> well, I'm. Uh, I like to think of myself as um, uh, an, an entrepreneur. Um, a musician, and I'm also doing a master's degree in business information systems, um, which I hope to finish in the next few months. I'm on my last chapter right now. Um, and, you know, be- between all of that, I used to work a nine to five job, but I quit that because it just wasn't for me, you know. Um, I just can't stand being in, you know, an office and having meetings the whole day that last three hours and you know after 30 minutes like my concentration is just right gone you know i feel that um, way in museums <laughs> you pay a bunch of money to go to a great museum and after an hour i'm saturated <laughs> i just can't take anymore i love it you know yeah. but it's like okay my brain's full i gotta leave yeah 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 it's not i mean you, and um yeah so i have this the, those um those three, and uh, I mentioned musician, yeah, because... What do you um, play? I only play a bit of keys, um, but mostly it's, with me, like, my speciality is vocals and, and, and rap and writing as well, can songwriting. You, can you throw some rap down uh, without oh, wow. preparation, um, or could, I could pause and you can do it later? Um, yeah, we could do it. I could do, it like, a rap thing, but... What'd you do at the wedding? Yeah, at the wedding, yeah. But you were great. Yeah, I did a... I did a um, there was a song that uh, one of my producers that I work with, his name is Ash uh, Stevenson. 
Um, he's been working on a lot of my music now because I'm I'm launching an EP in about three months' time. And my first solo, like, official, like, EP, because before I was doing uh, more, like, mixtape stuff and launching online for free. And he produced this song. Um, um, well, there's no title for it. Well, can can I start from the beginning? So sure. that So that um, from the beginning, I mean, like, where where I'm at in terms of my music. Yeah, and, sure, yeah. please. So you can understand where, where, where I'm talking about scene three. So... About four months ago, we, I was, I wasn't doing any music at all. I took a big break. Um, I had just been in a band, and the band's name was Jack's Panic, and I decided to take some time off and not concentrate on music at all. And this year, beginning of this year, I decided to start writing again, and it was good because I, my mind just now starting to see things differently, and um, we decided to start a project. Um, called Paradise Jungle, and we'll get into that. But in terms of the music side, we are recording songs which don't have titles, but they're called scenes. Are you doing Paradise Jungle with the same people you're working with? Yeah, yeah, simultaneously, yeah. Before you move on, before you leave Jack's Panic behind, I just want to tell people, Google Sex Me Slowly. Yeah, Google Sex Me Slowly. J-A-X Panic. P-A-X. J A X and Panic without a C with a with K. With a K, that's yeah. right. It's a really funny song, and <laughs> it's fantastic. I I just saw the video for yeah, the first time, yeah. but Cassie played me the song. I guess you guys yeah. sent it to us yeah. or something, and we were dancing around the apartment yeah. for weeks listening to. Yeah, that. it's actually my favorite song on that album. I mean, if you're on iTunes, by the way, just um, also uh, just search for Jack's Panic, and the album's called I Am Jack's Panic, and you'll find that song called Sex Me Slowly. One of my favorites on that on the album. <laughs> and you were telling me that uh, you had trouble getting it on South African radio. Yeah, there was. Um, it's strange. It's it's very strange because during that time, like um, Rihanna had this, like I think it was, uh, "Come on, rude boy, boy, won't you bring it up? Come on, rude boy, boy, take it, take it." So it's like. Yeah. All right. So kids can listen to that, but like, well, and salt and pepper, you know, push, push it, it push yeah, it good. Yeah. Uh, back in the eighties, I, mean, I mean, you know, getting airplay. But I think yeah. the, the the politics in South Africa, radio politics, is it's it's so it's so weird, man. Like, what about? Oh, I should mention you live in Cape Town. Yeah. Uh, we're, oh, yes, we're talking yes, about Mozambique. Yeah, I'm talking about Mozambique. But, but you live in Cape, Cape Town. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about uh, what's the name of the band that the crazy duo? That, uh, Dion Fort? Yeah, Dion yeah, Fort. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're wild. They're wild, but they're awesome. Man. I, like, I love. I'm a huge I, fan of, of that Dion one. Fort. What's the the big hit? Um, they've got lots. Well, of they had um, um, Enter the Ninja. That was on their right. their first album. But now they had uh, I think You Freaky. Um, yeah. I think that was it was and funny. The it, other one. It, what's the where her brother? You know, she's seeing a boyfriend. Oh, and yeah. the brother's uh, like, trying to kill him. Ba- baby on fire. Baby on one. fire. Yeah, che- all great, right. Yeah. If you're on, yeah. you know, you're Googling around. Some great video as well. Man. Unbelievable video. Amazing, and she yeah. is so, I mean, it's it's like a weird pedophilia kind of thing because she looks like she's 12. <laughs> but you know she's not. You're not the not. first one saying that to you. Well, I mean, that's, uh, that's what they're playing yeah, with, yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, she's exactly, like this super it. sexy. Oh, my God. I mean, just to say something about Dianne Ford, like um, the, the concept and everything, um, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, they're because of the way they dress, because of what they're talking about in their raps, that like, oh, yeah, these guys must be some like, you know, 
trailer trash sort of you right. know, thing. Because they're but like Africans yeah, because, or, or yeah. boars. Yeah, but it's supposed to actually, there's, there's thought behind it. It's not just randomly that um, these two um, uh, artists just came together and just decided to put on this act. There's actually thought behind it. Right. And I mean, they're doing amazingly well. I mean, I'm, I'm friends with their DJ and producer, DJ High Tech. Um, and I mean, he's told myself and my other buddy, Kyle, Kyle Campbell is also a songwriter about like the experiences that they've had and he's had with them, like touring all over the world, you know? Mm. Um, and they love them there, you know, like they love Dianne Fort more overseas than actually in South Africa. Oh, really? It's crazy. Do they have trouble like uh, babies on fire? Did they? Because there's a lot of motherfucker in that song. Yeah, I think I've I've actually never heard it on radio, but I think it does get radio airplay. But obviously, yeah. it has to be the the edited, uh, clean cut version. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, pretty. Anyway, really compelling stuff. I, yeah. I don't know, you know, I don't know anything about them personally. Although I saw an interview that went horribly wrong. It was like a BBC <laughs> interview where, and, and again. Yeah, they walked out on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, They're pretty. You never know. I mean, you're behind the scenes, so you have more insight into this. But you know, I see someone like uh, you know uh, Tom Waits is. No, Tom Waits is like this guy who always wears a fedora and he sings like this. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's like, okay, dude. You know, is that bullshit? Yeah. You know, do you really like when he's hanging out with his friends? Is he talking like it? I that's don't know, you know, true. how much of it's an act or Bob yeah. Dylan, you know, it's yeah. an act, you know, yeah. he, he decided to be this like folk singer, hippie guru thing. Yeah. He was a Jewish guy from Minnesota. Yeah. You know, he wasn't like New York. Yeah, you do get that. But from from where I respect artists like that is that they are it's it's a character, you know, well, that's the it's, thing. It's, it's not bullshit. It's exactly. Art. It's yeah. art. It's a character. Yeah. And that's the same way I feel about Dionne Ford and Ninja. Um, who's the main guy, the rapper? Um, that's where that's the way I feel about him is that he has where I take my hat off to respect because he has um, developed this character that that is that's who he is. You know, it's not right. like one day he'll like switch off and be like you know and start talking with like you know right. exquisite accent and like all of that. You know, but he actually is the way he is in his raps you know you know we might not it might not have been like that like 10 years ago but now it's like that's the character and that's who i am right you know and he stuck with it yeah yeah i was i don't know if i've told this story before on the podcast but i was working with a a producer on a potential tv show and our first meeting he he said okay so like what's your on-screen persona gonna be you know, for the show. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I didn't know what he meant. I said, what do, you, what do you mean? He's like, well, you know, are you going to, you know, you're going to be like professorial. You're going to be like hip and cool. You're gonna, and I was like, and I said, no, I'm, I'm going to be authentic. And he said, oh, okay. You're going to be authentic with air quotes, yeah. you know? Yeah. He's like, oh, that's going to be your, because no matter what, if you have a, like a high level public persona yeah. it's a persona it true. can't be you because you know true. you can't go on stage and say hey sorry i'm in a bad mood today so 
you know, or I, I've got a cold, so I'm not feeling real high energy. I'm just going to like sing a few ballads or something. <laughs> you know, people expect what they expect. They expect you to be what you say you are, you know, publicly. Yeah. So you got to be consistent. And sometimes that means you got to, you know, you bullshit a yeah. little bit. No, it's totally true. I totally agree with you. Um, so anyway, yeah. as far as this rapping thing goes... I told you, I, I was blown away because, like you said, you know, I do some rap and I do some that. And I just thought, well, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like he does some rap. I didn't know you, like, had been on tour and had had, oh, yeah. like, uh, big yeah. hits in South Africa and, you know. Yeah. I mean, with... with um, I hope you didn't feel insulted by that, by no, the way. No, no, no. I was no, so no, surprised. Not at all. Not at all. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's great for, for me. I think that with Jack's Panic, um, we... We did a lot of shows, especially in 2011. We were just touring all the time. I mean, we we toured with Sean Kingston when he was in South Africa, um, David Guetta, Akon, when, when they were in South Africa. And we also performed at Opikopi, which is the biggest music festival in South Africa. Is um, that where you had 12,000 yeah, people? We had around, yeah, it was crazy, crazy, man. But like, uh, what, was, what I remember about that, that concert was that... Um, it was pretty funny because the stage was so high up and the people were so far down yeah. that um, luckily we had like some monitors in front of us because if it wasn't for that, like we were all like scared of falling off stage because <laughs> it was so high. Like falling off yeah. there, like that would have been broken, broken limbs, you know. Yeah. Um, but just the response of people and you having 12,000 people singing like your words and you watching you at one time. They knew so the songs. They knew the songs. Oh, that's great. Um, and now, um, Jack's panic has stopped performing live. So he still exists as a producer. Um, he's based in London now. Um, but we, we still chat and exchange ideas and he's also going to be working on some of my stuff as well. So Jack's panic was the name of one yeah, of the guys. So, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and as a producer, so it's two producers that are uh, Jack's gotcha. Panic. I got gotcha. you. And okay. um, I was more involved in like the live element, and I had to do interviews and all of that. With so you're like a front the, man, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, and so now where we are now is that I'm recording songs with different producers, and I'm not calling them songs; I'm calling them scenes. So we're gonna have about ten scenes overall. Um, but the first EP is going to be three. So scenes actually mean songs. The reason why we're calling them scenes is that there will be a 10-minute video for each of those scenes. And in the end, we're going to have hopefully 100 minutes of film to put together into mm. one, which will be called the HC Presents Paradise Jungle from his perspective. Uh, you know? Interesting. And the scenes will form a They'll a interlink. Hole? The characters uh, will interlink. So uh, okay. everything will fill, will fill a hole. It will be like a documentary film where you'll be able to see the different characters and behind the scenes. So that's why whenever I'm either performing, recording, um, there's always like a camera with, with someone with a camera filming me. We should have a camera um, here now. Yeah, we should have a camera here yeah, now. You're doing yeah. media in your dad's <laughs> office. In my dad's office, <laughs> which is sick. Uh, <laughs> um, it is. So, it's, so that's why we're we calling them scenes at the moment. And we, we've done about three scenes now. And one of the scenes was what which I sang to, to Joanna, my wife, at the wedding. Because oh, um, right. I remember you were asking me, uh, you know, what was that at the wedding? So one of the songs was that, was scene three. Um, 
which is actually a song that that's made for Joanna. And is that the one you sang or the one you rapped? The one I sang. Oh, the one okay. I sang. Right. And the one I rapped was actually a cover of Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, Ken Holders. That's oh, one of my favorites. I never heard like a better song like in the past like two years than that one. Like it's it's I, just I an only am- know thrift it, shop. It's which just I an love, amazing but... song, you know. Um Do you ever fuck up when you're rapping? Yeah, because it's like tongue twisters. Yeah, I do. I do uh, all the time. (laughs) So how do you all the time? But I mean, you just keep going. Just take it. Yeah, in studio you do take it. Like I'm usually about three takes maximum. Oh, yeah, and then I'm done Uh, because I practice before. I think like any if you're upcoming um, rapper or musician or anything, um, my advice to you is um, after you write something, just go over it again and again and again and again and again. You'll get to studio and you'll knock it down like fast, you know? And it's not only about following in with the lyrics, but also the flow and what tone you're taking in, in your voice, which all counts towards, you know, and the end product, you know? So, yeah. So practice, 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 get to studio and just record. Yeah. 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 Is there any, I mean, like I know some public speakers, um, especially doctors, this is a little secret among doctors. They take beta blockers when they have to speak publicly sometimes because beta blockers, um, calm you, yeah, yeah. you know, and I wonder, I mean, probably as a rapper, you probably, I mean, you're, (laughs) uh, you're comfortable on stage, I know, but some rappers might, I don't know know if they are. I think it depends on, um, the type of person you are but i th- personally i think it's all about practice man like right. if you have your shit down so you get up there you're not really thinking you're, about it anymore you're gonna fly it's yeah. gonna be a breeze you know do you ever do freestyle i do i'm not a great freestyle to be honest that's gotta um, be a lot harder yeah it is harder yeah. it is harder um i'm not a great free st- freestyler i'm a great freestyler when i'm drunk though well, see, that's what I was getting that's, at. If there are like conscious, <laughs> certain states exactly, of consciousness that exactly. are more amenable to rapping, or or like if you get too drunk, then you start slurring your yeah, words yeah, and you forget yeah. where you, you need are. to have that right balance between yeah. like you know when you can still kind of make sense, but you can loosen <laughs> up at the same time. Oh, we're all looking for that. We're looking for the that sweet spot, man. We're all looking for it. <laughs> that's I, why we drink more. Well, yeah, well, yeah, because but once you've passed it, you know, it's like if you're lost in the woods, you know, you're not going to get there. Yeah, I used to play pool a lot. And uh, I remember when I lived in the East Village in the 80s, I used to go to this little Polish bar called Lucy's on I think it was on first East first and like seventh or eighth or something. And there was a there's a certain place where alcohol and marijuana cross right, where right. I'm pretty good at pool at pool. You know, I can like yeah. sink a lot of shit. Uh and so I would I would take a serious bong hit, leave my apartment, get to the place, have a couple of beers, and then hit the table. <laughs> and I'd be great for like an hour till because I could keep buying more or getting more beers, but then you know I get too much alcohol, not a love not enough marijuana, and then I start losing it. So I knew I had about an hour where I could really uh knock some shit in. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. All right. So rapping. So Macklemore and uh, and Lewis. They're Ryan from Lewis, yeah. Seattle, right? Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. from Seattle. Um, they have uh, an album called The Heist, 
Um, great album. And, you know, it's it's a song where at the time when I performed it at the wedding, it was like, because we had an after party after the actual wedding ceremony. Yeah. I didn't and, make it um, to that. I was still didn't make it to that. Yeah, you were like totally. I was dying. Yeah. 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 But um, it was sort of like a, an icebreaker to get everyone like to kind of, you know, can't hold this, you know, like just just live, just just enjoy yourself, you know. Um, Can you throw some of that down? The the Macklemore? The, the Macklemore. Yeah, I learned it in like two days. The rapping is like um, Return of the Mac. Uh, Return of the Mac. Uh, what is it? Yeah, Return of the Mac. Getting what it is, what it does, what it is, what it isn't. Looking for a better way to get up out of bed instead of getting on the internet and looking for a new hit. Oh, man. Damn, that's it's like, hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Like, when doing it without the music. Too, yeah, right? doing it without the music and um, to rap that fast, like actually sitting down is actually quite quite hard. Well, that's but, what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. Like, your like diaphragm, you're standing up. Yeah. Your diaphragm's contracted. You're not moving. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, but interesting. that's sort of, I, I have a lot of influence in uh, grime, which is um, sort of like the UK mixture between like, garage and hip-hop and uh sort of like it's it's so trendy now that how much grime has, has come and now it's being commercialized a lot over the past five six years by a lot of artists like kano and skepta and um i mean uh, wiley the list goes on but that's like sort of like the uk scene and that's always fascinated me mm. and especially rapping in double time which is something i never used to do but mm. um it's something that with practice and you know applying yourself to it you know did eminem sort of start that rapping in double time or i i know very little about rap Um, so you know not really i think there were artists before that even in you know the the 80s and and the early 90s that used to i mean you look at buster rhymes man like he I mean, Buster Rhymes in 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 his beginning days when he leaders of the uh, leaders of the new school and he started uh, on his solo stuff. I mean, he was rapping already in Double Time. You have so many rappers, um, uh, especially like I don't know if you heard of Twister as well. No. Uh, Twister, I mean, look him up. He's 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 quite he's really amazing. I don't know what what he's doing now though, but um, so rapping in Double Time has always kind of been there in terms mm. of in hip hop. Um, and what do you see any like real strong differences between American rap and African rap? I mean, if you can um, even, I, I know those yeah. are huge generalizations. Yeah, it's 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 pretty broad uh, to put it that way. I'll, okay, I'll put it this way: um, a lot of, um, you know, I'm not criticizing any South African artists, but a lot of South African artists, um, especially in the hip hop scene, kind of try and mimic the whole like U.S. scene, you know. Um, well, from yeah. from politically, no. Like I think I think more. The, no, not really. No. no, not anger. I think more the commercial artists. Oh, um, okay. If if I put it in that regard, um, but I would say the the more conscious rappers are more, you know, in 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 tune in tune with what's happening around them. You know, right. And you do get um, rappers that will rap about the current political situation to um you know to um to the people that you know are 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 you know in rural areas right now and um if i take it from south africa to mozambique we have an artist in mozambique called azagaya and he's very anti-government 
um, where they've, they've numerous times they've tried to to stop him and cut him from the radio and and all of that because he's so influential. Mm. Um, and he has a new album which I'll I'll queue up with uh, uh, Kubaliwa, that's what it's called, and. That album, I mean, I listened to it on the day it came out. I listened to the whole album, man. Like, so you rap in Portuguese? Yeah, in Portuguese. But it's so, it's, it's, there's only certain amount of rappers and artists that grasp, grasp you and you don't notice the time is passing by and you just listen. And it's all entertaining. No matter, that, that's, that's the great balance because you can be a conscious rapper, but at the same time, let's be honest, you want to get people listening to your shit. No matter if you're a commercial artist or an underground rapper or, you know, you rap about, you know, cats and dogs, like or you want an audience. Any, anything you do, yeah. writing, you know, yeah. people often say, yeah. oh, Sex at Dawn was funny. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, the reason it's funny is that I know you'll stop reading if it's not amusing on some <laughs> level. You know what I mean? I mean, I like, yeah. I like being amused as yeah. well. You Me know, too. Myself. When I read, yeah. when I um, watch television series to yeah. documentaries, I want to learn something. I want. I want. I want to either laugh, learn something. You right. know, be moved. Somehow. Be moved somehow. Yeah. You know, yeah. and no matter if you're a conscious rapper or a commercial artist, you have to engage with your audience in that regard. You're an entertainer, even if you're a conscious rapper. You need to think of yourself that you're bringing them the news. You're the news channel. Right. You need to talk now about whatever it is that you're trying to uh, get out there. Yeah. Do you ever rap in Portuguese? Um, not really. Sometimes I mix the two, like Portuguese uh, and, right. and English. Right. Because I imagine some languages, certainly in poetry, some yeah. languages lend themselves to poetry a lot yeah. more than others. Yeah. You know, it, like rhyme structure and and ease. Like English is a particularly malleable language. Yeah. You can move shit around and you yeah. can make up words really easily. Whereas in Spanish, for example, that's really hard to do. Yeah. I don't, as I said, I'm no expert, but I only know, you know, one or two Spanish language rappers who I enjoy listening to that don't sound the same, yeah. you know, like uh, Orishas that we were talking oh, about yeah, the other yeah. night. These Cuban uh-huh. guys, they're great. Um, but uh, so talk, we were talking about politics and like bringing yeah. the news. Yeah, we're at a pretty momentous uh, day. Today's the yeah memorial for memorial. Nelson Mandela. Um, just to give a story about Nelson Mandela. You've I mean, met I was, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've met, right. I met Nelson Mandela when I was um, 10 years old, 11 years old, in 1997. Um, and what's funny, because um, his grandson, okay, Igrasa Michelle, was also married to Samara Michelle, Samara Michelle's wife. Uh, Samara Michelle was Mozambique's um, first president. Um, he passed away um, years ago. And she got remarried, and she married Nelson Mandela. And so my best friend, one of my best friends, um, is her grandson. So he's Nelson Who Mandela's I met grandson. Who your wedding. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and we've been friends since we were, like, six years old, you know, because um, we were living in the U.K. He was living in London. I was living in Swansea with my family, uh, Swansea in Wales. And he... he he called me once. I remember still in 1997, he called my mom and my mom was like, yeah, get ready. Uh, we, you're, um, your friend is taking you to meet Nelson Mandela. I'm like, wow, 
I could this get. was in England. No, no, no. This was uh, here. Oh, you're in, back down. Yeah, here. back here. And this is right. 1997. How old? So 97. You were what? I was 11. 11, 11 years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Punk. You <laughs> young. I still punk. have that picture, by the way. You were 11. I have that picture, by the way, and you can post it up so your your, oh, list, cool. your yeah. listeners can actually see the photo. Yeah, let's do it's, that. It's yeah. a photo of um, it's uh, it's Sam or Manchi as we call him on the left. Nelson Mandela's in the middle, and I'm on the. Uh, on the right side with my trademark smile, you know, with my big head and, and that. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember that day because, um, you know, I got in and it's like security to like the max, was, you know, earpieces. Where were you? It was at his house here in, in Maputo. In oh, Mozambique. he's got a house? Yeah, in- he's got a house oh, okay. here. Yeah. And it was at that house and... I remember. No, no, sorry. It wasn't at his house that it is now. It was at Grasham Shell's house, sorry. Yeah. Uh, 1997, because his house hadn't been built here yet. So what happened was, uh, you know, I walked in, security guys, you know, earpieces and, like, you know, wrists and, like, going, like, yeah, you know, like, that person's through the door, you know. It's that perimeter secure, you know. Like like I was in in a movie. and Big smile. Yeah. (laughs) Got, Got to meet him, had lunch with him. And it's great because, like, one of the messages that he said is, like, going back to generation again you oh, know, yeah. at the beginning of our conversation now. It's just, like, kind of... At that time, I didn't get it, you know? Like, I was 11 years old, but now as I've grown up, it's kind of, like, making sense or sticking in my mind now because, you know, you made it clear that, like, you know, our generation is crucial to towards not only Mozambique, South Africa, but in Africa in general because... Before us, there was a lot of a lot of uneducated people. I mean, there still is in Africa a lot of people that don't have funds or opportunity to study, and for us to study abroad or to study in other countries and study in English and get master's degrees and PhDs, it's a huge step for the whole continent, you know. And for him to say that, you know, you guys are the next generation to, you know, put your foot into what molding like a great country into Africa and all of that. And um, uh, years later, like when my best friend Manchi would go and see him again, see Nelson Mandela again, he would be like, yeah, so, you know, where did you go? You know, like, and, I th- and that's that's touching, you know, that where that he actually asked about me. And yeah. um, uh, Manchi was very emotional on the Saturday after the wedding because he was mentioning how... Um, he would always ask about me, uh, Mandela, that is. And he died the night before our wedding. You know, it's like, it, yeah, it was quite that's true. A, I, I woke up because yeah. of the jet lag. I woke yeah. up at like yeah. four in the morning, the the day of your wedding yeah. and looked at my computer. And the first thing I saw was that. I yeah. thought, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's an interesting convergence, you know? Yeah. It was, um, yeah, so he, he um, well, that's my story, how I got to meet um, Nelson Mandela. And we took a photo, we took we took of that photo, um, which Chris will put up for, you, for everyone to see. Um, it's actually up in our high school as well. I, I think it's still up there. I hope they haven't burnt it or anything, because I'm sure probably that will be worth a lot of money in the future, maybe. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> if, if I decide to, like, change the world or, like, become... 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should say that on your podcast. <laughs> oh, right. You're, you're the next Nelson Mandela. Who, who no, I want, I, want, I want to do a Kanye. Kanye. <laughs> Kanye's already, <laughs> already uh, got dibs on that, right? He's got dibs. Yeah. He's got dibs on that. What, 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 what can I say? Like, I'll be... The closest I could say is I'll be the next... Uh, um, Robert Mugabe? No, no. Can't <laughs> please, say that. please don't do Can't that. Can't say that. No. Yeah, Mobutu. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of bad examples. Stick, yeah. stick with Mandela. I'll stick with Mandela. Yeah, be a be yeah. a poor man's Mandela. There's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we were. I think I interrupt you. You know, tangentially speaking, <laughs> we're, not, we're not going in yeah, a straight no, line no, here. No, yeah, but you were yeah. talking about uh, Jungle Paradise. And I took you off on all this theory of rap stuff. But I'm also interested in why were you living in the UK when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. Um, My parents got a scholarship to study um, in the UK and study Swansea University in Wales. Um, So in Wales, yeah. So that's where we were for about five, six years. Really? And that was a crucial time in my life because I was five years old. I was five years old and... Um, I didn't know a word word of English. You know, I went there, and I also didn't speak Portuguese. Like I didn't dominate the language yet because I was like five years old. Right. So and do you, do you speak that, a tribal, a local language? No, I don't. Uh, that's something that I really regret. Like that, I don't speak um, Shangan. It's Shangan. it's my um, in terms of my roots. That's that's the language, and a lot of um, grandmothers and friends my grandmother's entourage that she came rolling into the wedding with my grandmother has an entourage by the way um <laughs> just like i couldn't speak <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't speak like i could speak with her because she she actually she actually understands english um but a lot of other um like older generation they even portuguese like you know my portuguese is not great you know and they don't speak any Portuguese at all. It's only Shangan. So they were mm. saying stuff to me at the wedding. And I was just like, I, I, the way you're saying it to me and the way you're smiling, I guess it's a good thing. And I think you're congratulating yeah. us on our wedding. So just agree. I'm just yeah. like, Gani Mambo. That's uh, uh, thank you in, in Shangan. Yeah. Are both your parents from the same tribal roots? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, my dad is, is from Shai Shai. It's a, uh, a district in 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 Mozambique. The province is called Gaza, not the Gaza in Middle East, but the Gaza, the Gaza here in Mozambique. Yeah. And um, my mom is from Inyarim, which is a sort of area, a town in in Inyamban uh, province. Yeah, uh, so they're very close to each other on the map. Now I have to ask, yeah. why does your grandmother have an entourage? That's how she rolls, man. Like, yeah, she yeah like a, she's a got she's got herbs. Or something? She grows herbs, and, and I'm talking about the the he- the not the I mean not the healthy, but healthy. <laughs> but I'm talking about the the um, the good herbs that are legal. Uh-huh. Um, she grows that in her backyard, uh, and a lot of fruit. She grows a lot. Of, she's a farmer, basically. Oh, really? And um, I mean, she's. Well, she's amazing. She's a character. Uh, yeah, she's yeah. she's a character. But, I didn't understand. But she's she's a hardcore believer in and the Lord Jesus Christ as well. Uh-huh. So some of my family have been pushing us to get married in church, but we're we're we're, we're holding it off. For, yeah. You, for, well, you got to stand up for what you don't believe in, you yeah, know, true. and what you do. Yeah. 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 I mean, the whole religious thing. 
uh, I interviewed a guy uh, two or three episodes back who's a magician, and he's uh, uh, what he would I think he describe himself as a severe skeptic. Yeah, as magicians tend mm. to be, right? Because mm, they sure. they spend their lives tricking people, so <laughs> they they just sort of like see tricks everywhere. Yeah. And he was very. Um, strongly dismissive of the value of any sort of religious belief, you know, as people tend to be these days, like Richard Dawkins and so on. But I've been thinking, you know, in in this book I'm working on, I'm going to try to, I'm trying to thread this needle because, you know, clearly from my perspective, uh, organized religions have been corrupted and sort of devolved into power tripping yeah. way to get money out of people and play games with them and abuse them and all that. But, you know, and the stories in the Bible or the Quran or whatever text, you know, the, the book of Mormon or whatever are, they're just stories, but, as we were saying earlier, the line between bullshit and artistry is not at all clear. And, you know, I could tell a lie in the form of a short story or a novel or a poem or whatever, or a a song Mm. that can have very strong, tangible effects on people. Right. And it's like the placebo, you know, if you give someone, uh, I remember when I was in high school, we told some kid, I don't remember what the hell it was. <laughs> like if he smoked oregano, he'd get high. And, uh, and he went home and smoked oregano and then was like up all night mowing the lawn, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so he was high, you know. Now you could say that was bullshit. It doesn't, it's not real, but the effects are real. So yeah. if you say, well, you know, as a skeptic would say, well, there is no God. It's clear there is no God. And I, I could say, okay, that I understand. But people who think there is... Mm have tangible experiences yeah. that are different from what from you or I have. Yeah, yeah, true, true. So that's like saying, you know, I can't see wind. And I say, yeah, but look what it's doing to the tree. You know, if it's bending the tree, the fact that you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there because you can see the effects. Anyway, what the fuck yeah. does that have to do with anything? No, but... <laughs> I, this was somehow a, a defense of your grandmother. I'm I love it. Sure. Yeah, it's the defense of my grandmother. You should yeah. join her entourage. <laughs> yeah, like I'm looking for totally, a job. She, you, you, she'll totally... I like um, could be your driver or something? Yeah, driver. Yeah, yeah that would be cool. She, you have to, like, tattoo your the, the symbol. Oh, she's real hardcore. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to get piercings or something. Um, so you and Joanna, after this like month long marriage ordeal is over, yeah. you're going back to Cape town yeah. and your gig there is you were showing me this project you're working on the yeah. paradise jungle, yeah. yeah, which is really, I gotta say as someone who likes stories, I think it's a really cool, yeah. cool thing. Um, well, yeah, when you get back, it's, it's, um, straight on to work. I mean, we don't stop. We launched paradise jungle. It's called paradise jungle. And we launched that on the 4th of November. It's been about six months that we've been working on it. Um, Just to explain what Paradise Jungle is about, um, it sort of plays with the whole yin-yang where uh, you're black and white, you know, no matter what it is that you're in, you know, you live with both. You know, you're in, you know, if you think you're in paradise, you know, some people think they're in paradise and... They've been through the jungle, they've been through the struggle in order to be where they are, to know about themselves and their life, um, to people that are in the jungle looking for paradise and people like me who are in both, you know, and we're happy with that, you know, and 
it's it's kind of the whole concept is storytelling. Mm. We want right now we we're, we're just interviewing um, local Cape Tonians uh, in South Africa, and it's about knowing their fears and knowing um, you know what is what are they most proud of their role model to. Um, when have they explored their edge? You know, when have they been pushed to the limit? And it's we don't like to call them interviews with people; we like to call them stories with people. Because when when we in, when we are there and we're talking with you, it's 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 a conversation, just like we're having now. It's it's a conversation. Anything you want to say, just you know, say it. any story you want to tell, even if it's not your own story, but you think that it's relevant to what it is the message you're trying to put out there to to the rest of the world. And, you know, we started that about six months ago and we have like some amazing people on there um, that have really touched me as a person in terms of what they've been through. Um, can from, people search names on the site or is it yeah, all by you can, images? Yeah, you can search names on the site. Um, you can also, uh, if you go to www.paradisejungle.co.za, Z uh, what meaning Z for you Americans? Uh, Z A. Uh, oh, Z A. Sorry, <laughs> Z A for America. Z A for America. Yeah. Um, and on their on our home page, you'll just see a whole lot of photos. Um, and you click on one of those photos, you'll see the name, and it'll it'll all the photos will go down, and up will come a video, which is for that particular person that you and they're that like you chose. What, five six minutes something like yeah, that? yeah we try to keep it to like four minutes three right. four minutes like more than that is just too long people will fall asleep or they won't be interested anymore but so what are some of the more memorable ones that you were yeah um were one memorable one um for me which was uh very like very very interesting was um this guy called monsef who's on there um he just talks about how he came to South Africa. He's from Tunisia and now he runs a um a stall at the market and it's just a story about how he's he's admired his dad and um the his what his dad has taught him, what has passed down onto him that he's keeping that going and he'll keep it going and try to keep it going for his kids and his grandkids, keeping the family values like alive, even though his dad's not there anymore. Um, it's, it, and it's exactly what we want that initially when we started doing this project, that's what we want. We want people think of it as a time capsule that in 10, 15 years, if someone now is talking about their daughter that was just born in, that was just born in 16 years, that daughter or son can actually watch it and go like, mm. even if they're alive or not, um, they can watch it and go like, wow, like that's, it's really it's, it's great that you know mom or dad has put said something like that so all it's sort those of a historical back. document that that's yeah. that's what we want that's our goal you know like we um there's a lot of things on the internet that i feel um myself and my business partner who's who's Rian free like a lot of stuff online that is just um you know we see ourselves as an entertainment channel you know we're not there to to judge anyone or anything like that. No. Um, but again, we do obviously have, you know, sort of committee that kind of goes like, we've done tons of stories, but not all of them are going to make it to the website because, you know, you have to see also what, what, what is, what is relevant in terms of, 
um, what are people saying? Because someone could be saying stuff. We've interviewed a drunk guy before, but we can't use that, you know? Like, it defeats the purpose of what we're trying to do. Right. Um, you know, we're learning as we're going. You know, there have been mistakes. There have been um, things that we didn't know about that we know now and things that we don't know now that we will in a month's time. But overall, it's just been really amazing. And especially the feedback we're getting from people um, not only in Cape Town, but in Joburg and Durban and Africa. And we're getting quite a lot of Brazilian people watching it, which is interesting. Really? Cool. Um, because we have subtitles as well. Right. That's the other thing. In our videos, we have subtitles, which also helps locals as well. Because we're so used to listening to an American accent or British accent on TV uh, right. that not many people are used to hearing a South, Af- South African accents. So we've put subtitles on there um, as well, just to guide the viewer along as well. Because the interviews are all in English. Yeah, they're all in English. There are some in Afrikaans we have now, um, but we, we're we getting um, more people to work with us because we want to go more into like rural areas and get some stories there. Yeah, good. So we'll need like translators and, and that as well to, to, help with, to, help, uh, to help us with that. Um, so if you're a translator out there that knows South African traditional languages... Please contact me. We're in yeah. need. Um, so we want to get those 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 kind of stories because that would be interesting. Um, Do you have a personal web page? Myself? No, I actually don't. I actually don't. What the hell, man? Yeah, I, I use LinkedIn. Your generation is just I so know. fucking lazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. Like, I have... I have everything. I have Twitter. I have LinkedIn. I have Facebook. I have. Uh, I, no, you know, like know what I do? Base. You know what I do? Whenever there's like a new technology or something new, yeah. I always go and register like my name oh. on it. Yeah. I don't use it, but I just register on it because you just never know when it's yeah. going to be the next big thing. And then you go and sign up on it, and then you have to become like Hugo Chichava one, Hugo yeah. Chichava. 1987. Well, that's why I'm Chris <laughs> Ryan PhD, right? Yeah. Because Chris Ryan's gone. Christopher Ryan's gone. C. Patrick Ryan's gone. Like, all, they're all gone. So I just can't, oh, Chris Ryan PhD. Why not? Yeah, okay. And then people are like, oh, yeah, you think you're so cool with your PhD. PhD. It's on all your things. Like, uh, you know, yeah. fuck. That wasn't really Better PhD the than, than Chris Ryan, like, one, two, three, four, five. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I guess. At gmail.com. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, anyway. Yeah, so the, in in a nutshell, Paradise Jungle is about storytelling. So right now we have Paradise Jungle Stories, which is what's on the website. Um, we're currently preparing um, a few programs, um, series, with um, which will become like webisodes, um, with an online magazine that just started about three months ago called Platform. And they work with Rolling Stone Magazine, South Africa. Oh, cool. And uh, we're we're at this moment we're in in talks and uh, we've done like two pilots um, for for them and they're very interested in working with us because like I said we're an entertainment channel what we want to do is create content um, about people that is not on the internet you know like on the internet I get a an interview of for example like Dion Fort okay great I get an interview of so-and-so, that person, okay, great. But, like, what we want with with our stories is we want great people like that to actually tell us a story and have a conversation with us, mm. um, which is exactly what we do for ordinary people. But we also want to get, like, celebrities or um, people in communities that have a, that are quite um, 
influential in communities to actually, you know, chat to us and tell us how they have struggled and how they have overcome that. So again, if you're that 14-year-old kid in your bedroom and, you know, you're watching, you know, this guitarist that you really like that's kind of telling how he's gone through the struggle, how that will inspire that person to to grow as well, to keep going at it in whatever profession that might be. Have you heard of the It Gets Better project? No, you know about that? no, no, no. It's um, Dan Savage who. Yeah. I think oh, I okay. Yeah, Dan it. Savage. Yeah. 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 He he and his husband started this thing. Uh, it, you reminded me of it talking about the fourteen-year-old kid in the bedroom and get inspired and keep going and all that because this was um, inspired by teenage kids who were killing themselves wow. who were um, LGBT, know you know, gay or bi or whatever, and. Um, yeah, because they're you know they're stuck in some little bullshit town somewhere. Their parents they can't come out to their parents. They'll get yeah. kicked out of the house. They're getting bullied. They're getting bullied. Yeah. They're getting harassed, and it just seems hopeless. And so they made this um, video for these kids because Dan was saying to Terry, his husband, like you know I get invited to all these universities, but by the time they're in university, they're already cool because there's yeah. like a yeah. you know gay alliance on campus, True. and you can, you find your people, but. Um, uh, I never get invited to speak at high schools because Dan's like, I don't know if you've ever heard him talk, but he's like completely uncensored. He's, yeah. he's fantastic. Um, and Terry's like, well, just make a YouTube video. Just go straight to him. You don't need to go to the, get invited to their school. So they yeah. made this video just talking about when they were kids, what they went through, all the hassles they got, all the, you know, the difficulty of coming out to their parents and so on. And they put it online and a couple, within a couple of weeks, there were thousands of videos people had uploaded, including like Hillary Clinton and Obama and, you know, all these musicians wow. and like it yeah. really went viral yeah. and, and saved who knows how many lives, you yeah. know? So I think you're right. There's a lot of power in the immediacy of the internet, you yeah. know, that you yeah, can the internet. And I mean, in South Africa, people. it's, it's more, it's growing every year um, in terms of, it's still kind of new, still right? It's new. still working. I mean, in, yeah. it, exactly. So we, we are getting um, um, some viewers and, and people liking our page. We are, we're at 1,645, I mean, in a month um, so far, and we haven't done any PR at all. Right. Um, not yet. We're only going to do that from next year, but we wanted to get going already, you know, because we have tons of stories that need to get out there. Yeah. And what's funny is that um, the the people that are telling us these stories and are um, uh, that are being filmed, they actually are asking us like, when is mine going up? You know, that sort of thing. And I, and I think that that's that's amazing that we're getting that feedback from them themselves, and they're also ambassadors for our brand because. They also spread it out to their friends and to their friends and to their friends. Like, yeah. hey, these guys like um, spoke to me or interviewed me and here's the link. Here I am. And then that's starting to spread. So we, we're starting to get a lot of um, more uh, people looking at our website and following us on Twitter and Facebook just like that through word of mouth, through Internet and, and just um, forwarding or sharing um, our videos. Well, let's go check it out, folks. Let's boost those numbers, right? Yes, please. So paradisejungle.co.za. <laughs> Z-A, yeah. Z-A. I'm still not used to that. So used to Z-A. 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 Yeah. All right. So let's, let's uh, I know we got we to gotta run and I want to post this before we leave, but um, I wanted to ask you, like, let's, let's bring it back. Let's end where we began with your, your marriage, your wedding. Yeah. Right. 
And you're talking about how the Internet's still kind of new in South Africa. We're talking about Nelson Mandela and so on. You guys have uh, an interracial marriage. Is yeah. that an issue in South Africa? Are you um, anticipating no, any sort of weirdness uh, well, there? It's it's not it's there there is I think if we go back man I I don't want to get into like the whole apartheid thing um, because I mean we all pretty much know what it was uh, and you know for a country to experience that it's it's, it's not just like click of a finger and yeah that goes away sure you know? I mean slavery ended over a hundred and fifty years ago in the U S yeah and we're still it's dealing still, with it yeah, exactly of course so it's a harsh reality but that's just the way it is right. you know. And until you, <clears throat> sorry, until you actually know what it is that where you are or what it is that you're dealing with, until you know what your surroundings are, um, I think you you you'll kind of be uncomfortable. Whereas Joanne and I know like where we live and um, the people that surround us and all of that. And I think um, in Cape Town we we rarely get like strange looks. But um, what's funny, it has nothing to do with our interracial relationship. It has to do more with me. Because when someone talks to me in a traditional language, South African traditional language, um, that usually um, uh, black Africans speak, it's, and I don't respond back in that language. I'm like, I don't speak, sorry, I speak English um, or Portuguese. Yeah. It's like they get offended and... Right. Like from there, it's like hmm, stern looks, and it's like um, I can't really help it. Like I just don't, I can't speak yeah. it. I know, like you know, the the basic words, like hi, hello, like thank you, but yeah. like a full on conversation, like it's not gonna happen because I don't know. Racism um, works in so many subtle ways. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I've traveled in Asia a lot with Casilda, Joanna's mother, who's yeah. dark skinned, and when yeah. she's in the sun, she gets really dark. Yeah, and every country we're in, people think she's a local. Just because yeah. she has brown skin. True. So <laughs> the fact that she's a local to them traveling with the dorky white dude means she's a hooker, <laughs> you know? So like every country we, we've been to in Asia and, and my previous girlfriend, Anna, was the same dark skin. We traveled in Asia. Everybody thought she was a hooker, too. And, you know, in Thailand, it's no problem. Yeah. Because it's kind of accepted in Thailand. But then you get to Vietnam and people were like punching her. People were attacking her Jeez. in the street. Because, you know, she was, she was shameful and all yeah. that. It's like, wait a minute. The fact that someone looks a certain color doesn't tell you who they are. Who they are, you yeah, know? Yeah, like you true. were saying, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was on the podcast or earlier, but you were saying, like, you were the only black kid in that school. Oh, Wales, yeah, yeah. Right? Growing up in, 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 in Swansea, yeah, I was the only um, black kid in my whole school. Um, right. My whole primary school. Um so they would know when I missed school. You know? um, <laughs> it's a pain in the ass for the photographers. Like, now how do I expose this? How do I, expose this? <laughs> I always have that I with can Cassie. I see his white teeth. I can't see anything else. Well, with Cassie, it's like if the camera exposes to her, I look like Casper the friendly fucking ghost. And if it exposes to me, you know, you see her eyes and her teeth. It's terrible. It's, it's um, physics. It's not racism. Yeah. So growing up, I mean, I, that's how I grew up. But everyone treated me great. You know, like oh, they were everyone cool. was 
like, you know, I felt like Obama, you know. It's not. I only got it now when Obama was president. Everybody wanted to be I was the president friend, back then, right? you know. Everyone wanted to be my friend. I was the first person they picked on this football team. Uh-huh. Um, well, could you uh, run faster than all of them? That would yeah, be- I was actually I actually played as a defender, as a right back. Soccer, by the way, for, for American. Americans. Yeah. yeah, but I call it, f- I got football. 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 Um, governor. Governor. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> and so I used to play as a right back um uh defender and uh yeah I was I was I was pretty fast like I got like three medals for my I was playing for a football team called Merton Rovers um and it was it was fun like Sundays that's what we would do we'd go and play and get our our kitted out and everything cuz football is like a religion in the UK yeah um so yeah I think that um I've never experienced that in in the UK, like um, in Mozambique, either like um, even here, and but in Cape Town, it's, it's I I get it, like I kind of get it. I don't get offended by it when people get offended by me. If, I, if that makes any sense, that I don't speak any of the the traditional um, languages, because I I get it. You yeah, know? and you I've been living there. there, there and, I, yeah. I've been living there for for eight years, nearly nine years now, and. Um, I totally get it, and so I think you, that. Do you think you get more of those sorts of looks from black people or from yeah, white people? From black people. Oh, right. Um, right. I have a. I mean, I, I think <laughs> I'm saying this in the podcast. I think a lot of my friends are white. <laughs> <laughs> some of my best friends are so, white. Yeah. No, it's funny. Like some, <laughs> yeah, like uh, uh, Colin and Rian, who who I work with um, on Paradise Jungle, uh, and Jason as well as our editor, like. Um, they're like, you know, you're, you're the, you go, you're the only white black friend I know. Like, I was like, white black friend, what is that supposed to mean? Man, you're like a mixture between a white guy and a black guy. You know, you just got like a great mixture of both. So I, okay, I guess I'll, I'll take that as a compliment guess. Like never really like throw myself that yeah. way. Well, and also, I mean, I was thinking a lot of your friends that I met at the wedding seemed, I just assumed they were mixed race. Yeah, yeah. You know? But you, you have that a lot in, in, in Mozambique. Yeah, yeah, and also, I mean, there are different ways to be mixed race. Like, there, you can be genetically yeah. mixed race, yeah. or you can be culturally yeah. mixed race, as you are, mm. right? Or Casilda is, Joanna is, you know? Yeah. A lot of people are. Like, you're a white person who grows up in Africa. You're mixed race in yeah. a way, you know, because yeah. you're the cultures or you're a black guy who grew up in Wales for a while. You know, yeah. you, you absorb these things. Well, that's definitely the future, man. That's that, that if is there is a happen. future, then that's yeah, the way it's got to be. Future, yeah. yeah. No, that's what's exactly going to happen. And um, the Internet has played a big, big role in that. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, listen, we got a boogie, uh, as people in my generation used to say. Yeah, because I'm like boogie. I'm like, where's the music, Chris? No, like, no. Where are the strippers, man? Boogie, boogie Sorry, I'm used to strippers because like, I had my bachelor's two weeks ago. Oh, uh, you don't need to oh, I don't, with me, man. Oh, okay, cool. I, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you're used to strippers. We were talking about the stripper smell the other day. Like, there's a, I think all strippers <laughs> yeah, use a, the same skin cream. Fragrance or something. <laughs> it's like, oh, like the stripper, stripper. fragrance. <laughs> if someone can, you know, bottle that into like an actual perfume or something, <laughs> I reckon that it would make a lot of money. You know, well, like, I'm assuming it already is, and we just don't have access to the to store. Only the strippers. You know? I mean, last thing I want to be doing is walk around smelling like a stripper. That's going to attract true. all the wrong kinds of. <laughs> I'll just stick with my Axe body spray. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Anyway, thanks a lot for doing this. No, man. awesome. It was great. Um, let's go have some coffee. All right. <laughs> Baby, what's the big deal? Feel what you wanna feel. Say what you wanna say. You're gonna die one day. For example, I could kiss you just because I want to. What's the difference if you turn away? I'm gonna die one day. Why do you waste your time thinking about your reputation? Smoke alarms will dance into the ground.